episode of Behind the Dreamers. I'm your host, Jennifer Loading, and we are talking to the achievers, the creators, the magic makers, and the dreamers. These are our friends. These are your friends, and they are living the extraordinary. Well, I am so excited about my guest today. This is going to be so awesome. He says, coming to business from a career in baseball, he brings an athlete's perspective on leadership and training to his informal mentoring of executives. He's distilled those hard-won insights into his best-selling book, The Learn-It-All Leader, mindset traits and tools. So you guys are going to get to hear from him in just a few minutes. But before we do that, we have to do a quick few announcements. This episode is brought to you by Walt Mills Productions. Need to add excitement to your YouTube videos or some expert hands for editing? Look no further. Walt Mills is the solution you've been searching for. Walt is not only your go-to guy for spicing up content, he's the force behind a thriving film production company with numerous titles in the pipeline. Always on the lookout for raw talent, Walt is eager to collaborate on film and internet productions. With a background deeply rooted in entertainment and promotion, Walt Mills leverages years of skills to give you the spotlight you deserve. Want to learn more about Walt and his work? Head on over to waltmillsproductions.net and let your content shine. So I'm so excited. We got to get our guest on. Now we got all that mouthful out. I get to get my guest on. It's going to be so much fun. So for oh, for nearly three, let's see here, three decades, Damon Lemby has led Learn It through the ever-changing L&D landscape, gaining insight into what works, how great leaders learn, and why Learn It All companies outpace their competition. So Damon, welcome to Behind the Dreamers. I am so excited to chat with you today. Jennifer, thanks for having me here. I'm excited to be here. It's going to be fun. We had to, had to get all that whole mouthful out in under like two minutes. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. The intro is always a lot. So, so fun. All right. Well, let's talk about this. I know I got to chat with you on Maker's Bar already. So we've gotten to kind of know each other a little bit through the podcasting platform and love what you're doing. But for our audience on this show, they don't know who you are yet. So let's talk a little bit about Learn It and give us kind of some insight on what that is and how you're helping your clients. Sure. So I'm Damon Lemby. Um, I'm the CEO of Learn It, which is a corporate training company. I live out here in uh, the Bay Area, San Francisco, California. And Learn It helps organizations uh, with, we do mostly virtual training, some in person, but customers turn to us when they're looking to onboard new managers, maybe people who are going into leadership role for the first time, or they want to build a continuous, you know, a, a learning culture, or they have specific areas that they need improvement on, like communication, or even maybe becoming more efficient with Excel. So we work with their teams and we build out training programs and we uh, help them you know, reach their goals and outcomes that way. That's We've been tough. around for quite a while. Uh, you mentioned it. I mean, close to close to three decades, uh, 28 years. And it's kind of exciting. I never, never thought I would be here. But, you know, we've uh, helped upskill close to 1.8 million people at this point. Wow. Yeah. And leadership is so important, especially when you're, you know, because a lot of times I think we talked about this before in companies, like sometimes people just sort of get kind of put in that position, right? And like they've never been in a space where they, they've had, they maybe had a little bit minimal leadership or maybe none at all. And now all of a sudden they're leaders and they're like, okay, what do I do? Right? Absolutely. I, I mean, you could even, you should even take it a step backwards, you know, I, is that before you put somebody, this is for a bigger organization, before you put somebody in a leadership position, I think it's important to uh, have a conversation with them to make sure if leadership is the direction that they want to go. You know, I work with uh, a lot of, you know, I mentor a lot of uh, individuals, a lot of times in, in sales, where you're a top performer in sales and their leader calls up and says, hey, you know, I want to... Um, 
promote you into a leadership role. And uh, that's it's not it's not for everyone all the time, you know. So because uh, as you know, it's a different set of skills. Uh, so that's something to think about. But yes, if you want to be in leadership, and and then you need to work on those skills um, that will help help you with that transition. Yeah. No, and you're right. Sales and leadership are very different things. And just you can be great in one. You know, great in sales doesn't equate being great in leadership. I know. I've been in sales, right. and you're right. They're not the same. <laughs> so you got to be equipped for that. So, and that's great. I think what you're doing is awesome. And everything's changed so much now, you know, post COVID, like everything's kind of gone to that virtual space now. And it's, it's great in some ways because I think you can work more, make great use of your time, right? And cover more area and be able to assess more, you know, get to reach more people that way. Absolutely. You know, both for our business where we can get our, get a little bit greater reach, um, but also for our clients' businesses. You know, when we first went remote uh, virtual training uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the nice things about taking classes with Learn It was it allowed for that social connection. You know, there's a lot of isolation back in the day. And so this was a way for people to be able to connect and communicate. And a lot of times if we would do classes, um, you know, private classes for just their organization, they could have senior leaders that they'd never had access to before um, sitting in classes with them. So it was a, it was a big help and a big change. Um, now, since the pandemic, I would say about 15% of our business is in person uh, but the majority is still people have, have adapted, which I'm grateful for to the virtual platform. Yeah. Makes things a little bit easier. I'm sure in the end. So a lot easier. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'd love to know, cause I, again, I know you and I talked off, so I know a little bit of your back end story, but obviously you were in baseball. And so you bring a lot of, you know, the mindset that comes from that. So tell us a little bit about how you got into this learning, like how this came about for you. Cause you guys been around for a while. Been around for a while. So my backstory is, I, like I said, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I put a lot of emphasis on playing sports. You know, my, my dream was to be a professional baseball player. I was lucky out of high school. I got drafted, actually, by the Atlanta Braves. And I had a big decision. Do I continue to go to the minor, minor leagues or I go to college? And um, I chose the college route. And a lot of it, Jennifer, was because I really I was at Pepperdine University, and I really believed in the vision that our coach had, you know, coach Annie Lopez, you know, he had the vision, like we're a small division one school, but we're going to win the world series and here's how we're going to do it. So I got really behind that and, um, went to Pepperdine, ended up getting hurt and left, uh, went, ended up at, uh, Arizona state, uh, where I played baseball and, um, you know, I was ready to move on to the next stage of my baseball career. After my senior year, I didn't get drafted again. So here I was 22 years old, and I was a little unsure, what, what do I do next? You know, my identity was always as a baseball player. And so I wasn't really sure if my uh, skill set was transferable in the next phase of my career. Um, I was lucky I come from a family that had a large real estate background and a lot of different businesses. And one was my dad, Walt Lemby. I thought about him when you're talking about your sponsor, the, the photographer named Walter. Yeah. I love that name. Cool. My, my, I named my kid Walt. Okay, you know, awesome. so uh, little Wally. So anyways, um, I took a job as a receptionist at this company called Learn It um, just because I wanted to get my feet wet in the business world. And over the next seven years, I, I kind of worked my way up. I taught classes, um, got involved with the IT stuff and did sales. And when the CEO for Learn It at the time wasn't working out, I threw my hat in the ring and I 
you know, presented to the board. I said, give me a, give me a shot. And I, I, I explained my experience and, you know, and my, my dad's like, all right, kid, you got it. And so it just happened to be right around the time that the dot com uh, was doing really well. And I'm like, you know, it was easy to be a CEO then. You, and then all of a sudden everything just fell apart. And there's just been tremendous learning lessons throughout that journey um, that uh, I share. I have a book called The Learn It All Leader, and I share some of the uh, experiences, you know, the successes and failures that I've um, learned through Learn It and some of the leadership lessons that I got from playing for three Hall of Fame baseball coaches, which is pretty much how I modeled my leadership style over the years. That's awesome. Yeah. So, well, and I'm listening to your story too. It's, you know, I what's I'm taking away from this is just the the idea of it's almost like the other day I interviewed or a few weeks ago I interviewed a gal that I just released and she does um, sports. She has a podcast where she talks about sports and how to bring it into the conversation. But she worked as an intern on the the Diamondbacks. And, that, okay. and it was to say she came in and worked as an intern and then ended up becoming, I guess, the division head of the department where they were doing all like their outreach, like their PR mm-hmm. work and stuff. And so it's what it made me think of. She kind of got in there and worked her way up through this and then ended up, you know, she had a broadcasting, went into PR. And now she's doing this whole podcast on talking about sports and how to make it part of your networking game and how you can open up dialogue with it. So the whole idea of just, you know, putting your making the opportunity, you know, putting yourself out there right for the opportunity and then taking and working your way up to this leadership role. Yeah. You know, and, and, and for you uh, entrepreneurs out there who are starting your own thing, it really helped me a lot because I was doing all the different, you know, even if you have a small team, you know, if you're doing all the different facets of the work, you know, helping out with accounting, understanding marketing, then you could be more empathetic and you put yourself in those positions and you can relate to the uh, individuals on your team, uh, on what they're going through and, 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 and you can help them that way too. Yeah, I agree with you. What was some of, maybe some of the challenges that and maybe you can think back, you know, in the beginning when you were working up to this, getting to the CEO position, like what were maybe some of the challenges you had to overcome? Well, for me, really one of the first challenges was this was, you know, a family business, right? And right. at the time there was only 15 people working there, but I wanted to prove that I belonged. You know, not that I was just my dad put me in a position. You know, I, I had to pr- pr- prove that I could roll up my sleeves and contribute. Yeah. Um, that was a challenge. And then uh, as time went on, you know, as in any small business, there's, you know, the regular challenges. You know, how do you compete with the bigger players? You know, um, how do you how do you make sure you can cover payroll? You know, it's right. it, there, so there's a lot of a lot of challenges that come along the ways. And I think what I've been able to do to the to the best of my ability is um, you know learn learn from uh, the mistakes you make early on and try not to duplicate those mistakes. You know, try new things, but also uh, Jennifer, try to surround yourself with great talent. You know, um, I, I'm really fortunate, and the thing that I care most about, learn it, are the people I've worked with over the years. Yeah. You know, and as a small organization in the Bay Area, it was really hard to compete with Salesforce, Google, Facebook for talent. And so I would typically find people who uh, were less experienced, but had a lot of potential, bring them on board, knowing that I can only keep them for maybe a couple of years, but it's like a training ground for them, you know, give them the opportunity and the tools to try things out, learn, get experience, whether it's in sales or marketing or any, anything. 
and then um, kind of let them go on their way. So uh, those are those are some of the challenges that, that I've experienced, especially trying to capture talent, you know, and retain talent at the beginning. Yeah. Well, and one of the things for our audience that's listening to this, you know, we I talked to Damon on Maker's Bar. So one of the things I took away from that interview was really the the talk that we had about putting people in the right places and, and the culture, and which is funny because I talked about core values because I believe strongly that core values are probably one of the most important parts of a company, right? Like if you don't know your core values, how do you run an effective company? But you said something too, I think finding the right people. And I think that, you know, it, it gets back to, you can teach somebody a skill, but you can't create the culture unless they're part of that culture. Like, right. They have to be in alignment with those values to create the right culture that you want in your organization. And then you can teach them the skills that they need if they're open and willing to learn. Right. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking about that when you're going through your introduction. Yeah. Um, I always, I always recommend to the clients we work with and ourselves is we, is to live by your core values, you know, and, and the core value shouldn't just be something you stick on the wall and nobody remembers. Right. So, um, w- when we're looking to interview people or hire people, a lot of times, you know, I, I believe we can teach you the skills. We could teach you mm-hmm. how to make better prospecting calls or teach classes or, or, or whatever it is your role is. But what you can teach is, is some of those those values, right? Is somebody a lifelong learner? You know, will they embrace change? Or are they uh, going to be stuck in their uh, status quo? Will somebody take accountability? You know, uh, you know, will you rally around your your team? You know, all those things, and we really look at that. We look at that first, and if, if people fit the type of culture that we have, then then we can bring them in and you know help them up level them on the skills. Um, I don't know if we talked about this last time. But, you know, one of the secrets, I I don't have any secret sauces, but how we have been able to build great teams over the years are uh, just referral channels. You know, I think everybody, a lot of clients, but mostly our employees, they know what it's like to work at LearnIt and they know, you know, the the type of environment and culture we have. And so when they come across somebody that they think is a good fit, you know, they'll send them our way. And, um, that that really helps. I think that that's a that's a great way to build your team is is through your your network of people who have come through your organization, and then from there, what we did talk about is trying to find figure out what people's strengths are, yeah. um, and then pivot and focus them in their strengths. I've got you know a great story in my book about this gentleman named Joseph Patty. He was referred to us by. Uh, our old um, HR manager, when I mean old, I mean, she didn't work there anymore. She worked there previously. And she's like, I got this guy. He'd be fantastic. You know, you got to interview him. He came in perfect fit culture wise. He, we started off in sales. He really struggled. But instead of just saying, hey, let's part ways, you know, him and I sat down and said, you know, what, where do you think you can contribute to at Learn It that would be really helpful and he said, you know, I, I studied, I was uh, an actor prior to coming here. And I also really enjoy, you know, computers and um, five plus years. And Joe's been one of our top uh, performing uh, Microsoft Office instructors pretty much of all time. But as a leader, it's important to, you know, to listen and get curious. And when you have somebody who you think is a good fit for your team, um, when possible, find a position that makes sense for them. And I, I just think it's easier that than trying to, uh, you know, focus on weaknesses, which are sometimes really hard 
to, it's like pushing a rock up the hill sometimes trying to improve weaknesses. Yeah. So in all of that, what I'm hearing is we're going to go for, let's make sure they're a good fit. Let's get, make sure they're on board with the cult, with our values and our culture. And then we can try to, let's hone in on those strengths and figure out where to place them in that order is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. Especially if you're a small business, you know, if you're a small business and you're bringing people on uh, relatively early in, in your, uh, in your organization, it's important that they're a fit. Yeah, I agree with you on that too. And I think, cause I, I, while you're going through all this in my mind, I'm like, it's like the person you have in the office that like, you're trying to give them some help on how can we help, you know, you be better at whatever. Like it's, it's kind of like what I used to say in the network marketing space, you can teach someone a script, but if their attitude sucks on the phone, it doesn't matter what the script sounds like. Cause it's never going to come across appropriately. Right. And if you know how to do this, you probably aren't even going to need a script. Right. So it, it really is. It has to be about they have to be the, the values have to align because if they're growth oriented, then you're going to be able to adapt and give them ideas and be able to put them in places where they can continue to grow. And if they're not, you're not going to get anywhere. They're going to it's going to get shut down. So very simple, regardless of how much experience they have, and yeah. especially if they worked at some Fortune 100 company and they come in like they got it all figured out. Let me just give you a little tip. It's probably not going to work out in your organization if you're growth oriented, you know, right. kind of, a you know, learn it been around 28 years, but we try to have a little bit of a startup vibe, right? We always want to continue to iterate and grow and try things differently. And and if you, if you don't have the mindset to do that, then you're just not going to be a good fit. Entrepreneurs, are you ready to level up your leadership skills? Tune in now for an exclusive offer designed just for you. This is my time. Did you know 63% of consumers prefer businesses aligned with their values? Recognizing your core values isn't just vital for business growth, it's the bedrock of effective leadership. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur or an aspiring creator, identifying your core values is a key step in constructing the framework of a successful leader, enabling you to lead authentically, expand your business, and live life on your terms. Are you ready to access tools to kickstart your leadership journey? Unlock a treasure trove of insights and get your free resources at www.linktree forward slash Jennifer Loading. Take that crucial first step toward realizing your leadership aspirations and elevate your leadership game today. Ready to shine. Well, and I think that's what I was impressed when we talked the last time. These are a lot of the takeaways I had taken. It's interesting because here there's a company, I don't know if I shared this with you, Very Space. They do the standing desk, you know, the, the stand up. Yep. Right. I visited their office. I know somebody that worked there. So I went there and visit. I walked into the organization. It's a pretty big place. And they take over one floor and they don't really have offices. They have these, their construction. There's like these. I don't know what you call them, like these plat, plat, plastic things or whatever. That, so, but they're, so what I'm saying is they're all in these little groups, community, like group, and they don't all yeah. work on the same days. They do this, some work some days, some show up this day. But when I walked in, I will tell you this, when I walked in there, I could tell immediately when I walked in there, I could just feel the vibe. Like I'm like, these people like it here. I could just feel that energy when I came in there. And I was like, this would be a cool place to work if you're looking for a place to work. Well, what's interesting is, I put up a post. I think the guy that I was there taking a picture, we put a post on LinkedIn. And so the CEO of the company and I are following each other on LinkedIn. And so every day I see his post and every yeah. day he's like praising his people. He's, he's doing all these things. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I can see why this guy is a visionary and he's looking at this organization as the whole team, right? It's the whole, how do we collectively move everybody 
and make sure everybody's feeling good and being, or not, I don't say feeling good, but being effective at what they're doing and in a place where they feel good. Yeah. You should have him on your show if you haven't already. I know. I need it. I know. I haven't been, I haven't gotten him on yet. I do need to get him on there. He's a great guy, but it just makes me think of that on all these things you're talking about because I I think culture is important. Totally. There's two things I heard out of of that. I do say, so I've always told people over the years, if you're coming into the office and you're like, oh man, this is miserable. I don't want to be here. Or turning on these days, turning on your remote camera, I don't want to be here. Either go to your manager or go to me and let's talk about it. Let's see if there's something we can do to um, you know, pivot, put you in a new role. Or um, I look at it as that your organization, you're, you're a team more than a family. So there, you know, loyalty is important, of course, Jennifer, but that doesn't mean that you're stuck here for your whole career. You know, there's there's certain times where, hey, you know, maybe it's time to move on. And if and if you're not excited about what you're doing, then maybe it's time to move on. Now, the other thing that you mentioned, um, which I think is really important, and I learned this um, from my baseball coaches and, and, and other people, is that when you have success, celebrate your team's wins, give them the wins. You know, just like that CEO you mentioned, it sounded like he's posting things about, hey, my team did this, my team did that. You know, I've had great coaches. I've had bad coaches. One of the bad coaches that comes to mind, whenever we were successful, he would take all the credit. You know, it was his pitching moves. It was, just, it was his strategy. But when things fell apart, he blamed it on the team. And this guy missed a ground ball. Damon struck out with two guys on, whatever it is, right? And so those are some experiences that I learned managing, leading, is when we have success, I want to give it to my team. I want to celebrate their wins. I want to be great, uh, gracious and gratitude for them. But if things don't go well, as a leader, you take, you own it, you take it, you know, it's your responsibilities. Hey, you know what? Uh, I'll take the blame for this. Let's figure it out. Let's move on. I think it goes a long way with building the type of culture that that uh, gentleman you were speaking about and, and hopefully uh, learn it will always continue to have here. Yeah, those are, that's, that's good advice. And yes, I agree with you on all of that. And there's nothing even like exciting about a leader that does that. It takes all the credit because you, most of us know that when you're giving credit to your team, they know what, how your team got it. Like they didn't get it on their own anyways, because this is a whole team collective effort and you have to have leadership involved. But it, when you're, I would say those are for me are just weak leaders. Like when they have to do that, take the credit for everything, you know? So, and when you give, when you give credit to your team, they're going to be out there looking for other ways to make your organization better. They're going to be coming to you with ideas. They're going to be giving you feedback. But if you're not, if you're just going to put yourself in front, then they're going to be like, well, why am I wasting my time? You know, I'll, I'll come here, I'll get my paycheck and I'll, and I'll, and I'll move on. Yeah. Then you get the quiet quitting, right? Yeah. And that, that, that's where you, that's what you end up with. So this is all good, Damon. I love it. So out of all of this, what's been going on, you know, the whole thing with learning, maybe the baseball career, what do you feel like has been the biggest takeaway for you? Like what's, what's been the learn moment here? I'm sure there's several. Well, I would, I would say uh, one big one, and it's kind of like the theme of my book is, you know, uh, I, I say great leaders aren't born, they're not made, they're in the making, you know, and I, and it's like, I didn't get an Ivy League degree. I didn't, you know, I never thought I'd end up in the position I, I'm in. But uh, the biggest takeaway for me is that just like the entrepreneurs, your listeners out there, you can do this. If I can do this, you can do this, you know, and, and it's through... Uh, trials and tribulations, trying things out, making mistakes, not taking yourself too serious, having a great team, being resilient, I think. So that's really, I 
that's really to me. If I if I had a, if I had to roll it into one main takeaway, that that's that's what what it is really. Yeah, At, yeah, and it also like having a great team, right? Like picking surrounding yourself with good people that are yeah in alignment with what you're doing. And I mean, there's nothing like being in the crowd with people that are. It's, it's not that you don't want to take you, know, you learn from every. I feel like you learn from everybody that comes into your space, but you don't necessarily want to take the advice from everybody that comes in your space. So be maybe discerning about where you take information, right? Like pick pick and choose yeah. who you're going to heed the advice of. I, I think you want to surround yourself with a great team and you want to be aligned on your culture and your values, but you want to have diverse perspectives, yeah. you know, different ways to look at things. And that took me a while, you know, I mean, early on in my career, yeah, I wanted everybody confirmation bias. I wanted everybody to disagree what I had to say, but over the last 10, 15 years, I've, I've learned to become more curious and better at listening. And it gives people the opportunity to challenge and maybe, you know, some of the, my choices are our decisions aren't the best way to go about it. And if you have people who think differently and want to try different things, then, you know, you could, you could evolve a lot more that in that, that way. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I agree. All right. One other question I want to ask you before I ask you some fun ones, I'd love to know yeah. how you define, and you can do this both for learning and yourself. Cause I'd love to hear your perspective on both, but how you okay. define success for the two. How I define success for learn it is that we are having an impact on our customers and our employees. You know, to me, I, you know, maybe it sounds a little cheesy, but it's really like our vision, my mission or vision here for us is to build better leaders of the future, you know, and that we're, that we're helping do that through upskilling people with what we do. And success is also that we create a, uh, that's from the customer side and on the employee side that we create a, psychologically safe, fun environment that's collaborative with teamwork, you know, and it, it's really, I, I couldn't be doing this, Jennifer, after 28 years, if I didn't feel like we had a great team and, and I enjoyed coming to it all the time. Success for me is, you know, I talked about this beforehand, um, before we got on, I've got two kids. I got a great wife, two kids, a six-year-old and a two-year-old. To me, it's, I just want to be able to be the best dad possible, you know, and, and, and a good role model for uh, I lost my dad in 2010 to cancer, but he was a great role model, great idol for me. My mom's awesome; she's still alive. But I just want to be that for my kids, you know. And to me, if I'm able to be a great role model and lead by example, then that's success personally. I like it. That's my favorite question. I feel like yeah. we all we all kind of say did the I same pass? thing. Yes, you did. Good job. Okay. I feel like I we all sure. kind of sort of say the same thing, but we use just a little bit different words on it. You know what I mean? It's really about I always feel like it's like being able to, it's either like make a difference and which you kind of said that yeah. with your clients. Right. And I like that you said psychologically safe. I'm like, that is so good. I have never had anybody say that, but that is so important. Psychologically safe. Right. It means you foster difference. You allow people to communicate, say, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Cause um, I want, but, what I mean, what I mean by that is like, I want people to be able to contribute to come with ideas and not just yeah. bash them away. Like, Oh, that's and dumb. Safe. You know, yeah, safe. feel safe to, 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 you know, very quick story. We, um, I was recording something. I have this great little media team because, you know, which has done a great job. We have over 600,000 YouTube followers. One day we we're recording something and it was me recording. I was one that was being interviewed or whatever. And it just didn't record right. And the, you, the a gentleman on my team who's head of the media team called me up and he took ownership of it, you know, and he, he said, I messed up. This is on me. 
we're going to fix this and make it better. He uh, felt comfortable enough to do that, which I thought was really cool when he could have just blamed it on the technology or something else. Right. So that's what I mean by psychologically safe. I didn't, you know, I didn't just blast him. Yeah. Beat him to the ground. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. That, and I've had that happen where I video record and I had to go back to somebody and say, we messed it up, you know, like we screwed up. We're going to try to fix it. You know, can I have enough, you know? Yeah. And you don't want to go do that. And then somebody's like, oh my gosh, what did you do? Right. Like, we don't want yeah, that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. But I love what you also said about the family too, being, you know, a leader for your boy, your, your children and all of that. They're boys, right? You have two boys. Lucy and I have, I have well, Lucy, well, sorry, next, who, Lucy and I went to see the Lion King this weekend, which was awesome. And then cool. I have Walter named after my dad, who's two. I got the Walter. I may have missed. You may have said Lucy. I may have missed that. Yeah, I did. I no. apologize. My brain is like, I'm listening to y'all and I'm like, I'm having to pull it all in there. So good stuff. But I love what you said about that too, because I do think that is important. And I do think that comes down to leadership as well, because totally. you know, coming from my background, we always saw, said everything is, everything is caught more than taught. So like they pick up on everything that you do, good and bad. Right. And then they, they replay it to you when they get to be, a, you know, teenagers and adults, they let you know everything. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, Lucy's six and sometimes maybe, maybe I use a little profanity, which she shouldn't, but she catches it every time too. And, and, and she's very, she's very quick uh, to let my wife know, daddy said a bad word, you know? So. Yeah. Yep. They get it. They get it. So fun they, stuff. Fun like stuff. little parrots. Yes, yeah. they are. Well, this has been fun. I want to ask you a couple fun questions because I love this part. I think this is the part where we get to sort of show more authenticity, which you sure. know, not that we're not doing that through this whole show. I always say this is real talk. And we talk about the good, the bad, of you know, being in le leadership positions. And, you know, there, it's obviously more good than bad, but we know there's stuff that goes with it. So, but I do want to ask you some fun questions because I think this is my probably my most favorite part. So I would love That's to good. know, aside from your book, like yours, because I know you've, I'm looking at all your books back there, maybe one or two books that have made, I would say have had a profound effect on you. So, um, so yeah, in a couple, my favorite book of all time, I think, uh, was a book called uh, "Losing My Virginity" by Richard Branson. Sir Richard Branson, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of all. I'm a big fan of all his uh, all his work. I love love his book, his stories, and his style. More recently, the two books that I've been recommending the most to people are "Range" by David Epstein. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's, it's about being a more of a generalist than a specialist. Um, you know, it's trying new things. A lot of people come to me all the time. Like I want my kid to be a major league baseball player. He's playing baseball 24 seven. I recommend that book because I really believe that you should, you know, you should have a broad perspective of things. And then yeah. the other book that I've, uh, for anybody who's in sales of any type of sales, I really like this book out there called Jolt Effect. Um, mm by Matt Dixon. He's a gentleman who was one of the co-authors of the challenger sales and jolt effects. Very, it's very interesting. And it's about really understanding how to um, anticipate objections that customers would have. And that 55% of the time, when you lose a deal, you lose it to non, no decisions um, instead of a competitor. So it's a really fascinating book. So those are my three, Richard Branson, any of his stuff. Uh, range, David Epstein, and uh, Matt Dixon's book on uh, Jolt Effect. That's good. I did not know about those. But, you know, I always like this question because you can get a whole book list. If you just get to the end of my podcast and get that, you can get an entire book list. And that's so a new, new, book, new bookshelf I have back here. For, for I those see all that. Just, yes, I see it yeah, back It's not completely here. done yet. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. I would love to know, since you played baseball, what's your favorite baseball team? Oh, just a local team, San Francisco Giants. 
you know, the funny thing is about it is like, sure, I like baseball, but I don't even follow it as much as I used to. That was a different part of my life. You know, I still know more than most people, but of course, San Francisco Giants. Yeah, gotcha. gotcha. Well, I'm not a big, you know, it's funny. I live in Dallas. I'm from Houston. I'm not a big sports fan at all. And, you know, in Dallas, everybody's about the Cowboys. It's like big time here. Okay, so here's funny because I I grew up in Houston. I moved in Dallas in 2004. So, you know, in the Rocket, or excuse me, the Astros and the Rangers went to play, I was cheering on the Astros. And I'm still a Rockets fan. And so, yeah. I like the I like the old school uh, Rockets when they had Akeem Olajuwon and Clyde Drexler and, and those yep. guys. Back in the yeah. day. I actually. I was, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I, when I was in uh, Texas recently, I, I wanted to go to a Texas Rangers baseball playoff game. I just barely missed it. Bruce Bochy was their manager, uh, and he won a bunch of World Series with the Giants. Great leader, and um, sure enough, I, I, I didn't get to go to a game, but sure enough, the Rangers won the World Series this year. Yep. Yep. So I was going to tell you a funny story about the Rockets. So when back when like early, you know, nineties, when they went to the playoff and they were all in there, well, towards the end, almost about, I think I want to say like 98, 99, I was aerobics instructor. And so I taught at a facility out there. I can't remember the name. It was like West side tennis club or something, but it was owned yeah. by mattress Mac gallery furniture in Houston and his wife. Well, the Rockets used to train there with Rudy T and the back and also the women's team was there, the Comets. And so I used to see them come in there all the time when I'd go in there and I'd have all these little, you know, like it was a very small aerobics class. I'd have these little old yeah. ladies come in there that I yeah. teach, but I'd always see them in there. So anyways, but yes, who I like, your, who was your favorite rocket back from the day? Ralph Sampson. Oh. No, I actually liked I, I, I Vernon Maxwell because he was kind of okay. Robert Ory because they were kind of but there was a lot of them that that's about that probably was the time that I knew the most players on that team was I'm around. I'm impressed time. he pulled out pulled out those two, not the Elijah yep. the, the easy ones. Vernon Maxwell was a pointer. One of the it was one of the playoffs. I don't know if it was a night. I think it was a '94. I can't remember. It was one of the playoffs at the end. And yeah, anyways. I don't watch much sports. That's the only time I think I ever paid attention to it. So now if I just go, it's because we got tickets to go somewhere and I'm going to go watch a game and I have to be there to watch it in person. So well, I, I, I don't watch as much sports. Now I see mostly Paw Patrol or Frozen or, you know, stuff like that these days. Paw Patrol, so, Paw Patrol. That's great. When I get a chance to catch a 49ers game, I, I, I try, but it's a lot, of, a lot of Paw Patrol, a lot of Frozen. That's so funny. So funny. Okay. I would love to know guilty pleasure food. What's, what's yeah. like the one thing? Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, probably too many, but I'd I have to go with one. I'd probably say uh, pop tarts. Pop tarts? I haven't had that one yet. I mean, how do I you not love it. pop? How do you not love pop tarts? Well, I'm not gonna say I don't love them. I just don't eat them very often. But my dad loves <laughs> pop tarts and probably eats them a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't eat. I don't eat them often. But uh, typically, uh, if somebody wants to, you know, kind of tease me or something, like my sisters for my birthday will will get me like a present, but also like a, a thing of pop tarts. You know, you know that I can't really, you know, stay away from them if, if they're around. But I try to keep them not around. Okay, so and I'm going to end with this: Is there any one flavor that's better than the other in the pop tarts? Oh gosh, I don't know. You know, whatever. No, I, you I just take any like s'mores, like yeah, you know, like whatever, whatever. You know, I, I, you know, whatever. They're, I don't know. But okay, well, I'm going to say this: If I'm going to eat very pop guilty tar- pleasure. Huh? That is a guilty pleasure. But if I'm going to eat a Pop-Tart, I want the icing on it. I want the icing on my Pop-Tart. But that, that part's a given. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like I like, I like, like that. Yeah. Not going to be like, not going to be like, <laughs> I'm going to eat the Pop-Tart, but we're not going to have the icing. We're going to be, we're going to save a few calories and not have the icing on the Pop-Tart. You know, I, mean, I did. Probably, I, 
we're probably talking about pop tarts too much, but I'm also fine not toasting them either. Hey, you know, I told you this is the authentic part of the conversation. The authentic yeah. part of the podcast. I will leave it with this about the pop tarts. So I actually looked one time to see if there was much difference in the calories between icing and no icing. It's not yeah. a whole lot, just so you know. How about is it, what's the difference between a pop tart and like a uh, uh, celery stick? Is there a difference? That's probably quite a difference. Once you start okay, yeah. the celery stick with, you know, dressing and everything. <laughs> this is fun. Hey, Damon, yeah. this has been great. I've enjoyed chatting with you. And I will say that this end part is always fun. Like, like, they get to hear it. Like, they know you love pop charts now. But yeah. say our audience, somebody wants to get in touch with you. Maybe they want to learn a little bit more about Learn It. Maybe they want to pick the book up, whatever. Where do we want to send them? So the the, the easiest, probably best, is, is connect with me on uh, LinkedIn at Damon Lemby. Um and our company website is learnit.com, L-E-A-R-N-I-T.com. If you happen to see a class on there that you like, you can DM me at uh, on LinkedIn and I'll give you a code to a free class. Um, anything from emotional intelligence to Excel. And then finally, my book, uh, The Learn It All Leader, is on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere that you uh, get books. Very good. Awesome. Well, thank you for jumping on here and, and doing this next interview, like doing another one with me and sharing all your good stuff and your wisdom and all that great stuff. I appreciate your time. It's been fun. Well, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. We do want to say to our audience, of course, if you enjoy our show, head on over to Apple. You can give us a review over there. Hit the subscribe button on the YouTube so we can keep sharing all these fun stories. And with that, I do want to say what I always say, in order to live the extraordinary, you must start. Every start begins with a decision. You guys take care, be safe, be kind to one another. We will see you next time.